Marriage roll. That's what I was Oh, my glasses hey. are broken. My pocket is protected. That's what I'm saying. super nerd. That's what I'm Hey. Excelsior. 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 I am a super nerd. The Nerd School Podcast. Starring Andy. I uh, am a former um, entertainment journalist. I am a super nerd. TBJ. Hi, this is Tiffany. You may hear me be referred to as TBJ. TBJ, y'all. I am what I like to call a surprise nerd. Art Star. My name is Art Star, and I am an artist. Yo, 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 my name is Joe, and I am the nerd student. The nerd pupil, if you will. Welcome to Nerd School. We're back again with Art Star. Hey, what up? And TBJ. Hello, hello. And a super nerd, Andy. Nerd School is now in session. (laughs) (laughs) And I am the student. I'm Joe, and let's jump right in to the next movie in the Marvel MCU, the Incredible 2008's Incredible Hulk. Hell yeah. Directed by Andy? Take Louis Leterrier, or Leterrier. I'm not, I think he's French, so I think it would be Leterrier, but I, I don't think I've actually heard it spoken out loud. I've just okay. read it a lot. I'm going to go with your instinct on that. Okay, I'll believe you. Starring Edward Norton. Ed Norton. Liv Tyler. Don't want to miss that. Uh, Who's Art Star's favorite actress? <laughs> Actually, she's. No. no. She is incredible. No. She's not incredible. Arthur, you're not a fan? She, sound, she sounds like a frag rock. What? <laughs> yes. That is a Liv low Tyler. blow. She does not. I don't know where you decide to hate on Liv Tyler in your life. I don't, I'm not. I'm not hating on Liv Tyler. Just you know, I just don't like to hear her talk. We're gonna send you to therapy <laughs> about this. But you think yeah, she? Well, do you think she's pretty? Something shy. But you you would prefer <laughs> uh, the lady who was in the original, the other Hulk, Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. Jennifer Connelly. Yeah, Jennifer Connelly's pretty cool. I mean, I, to me, I think they're about like if you was one of those people. Who didn't really get into like Hollywood? You could almost sit there and say like, "Hey, they kind of look alike, you know? Mm-hmm. Both brunettes, both played Betsy, Betty." Yeah. So I'm about to say Betsy Ross again. <laughs> <laughs> Betsy Ross. That's yes. a, it's not Betsy Ross. It's Betty, Betty Ross. Ross. Right. She's not. Want to be Betsy Ross? Yeah. This is not the maybe character. Maybe Liv Tyler was Betsy. Maybe Liv, Liv Tyler was Betsy Ross. I, I like her more. Yeah. She's not. Oh, this is not the lady who sewed the American flag. Instead, it is. Hulk's lover, right? <laughs> yeah, Bruce Banner's lover. Bruce Banner's lover. Yes. Um, so this came out in June of 2008. Mm-hmm. That's an hour and 52 minutes. It's PG-13. Uh, and it's also one of the shortest MCU movies. It is? Oh, yeah. Yes. That's pretty short. Written by Zach Penn. Do you guys, are you guys know Zach Penn? Yeah, I think he's written some other stuff. I'd have to look it up. Tim Roth is the third billing. Yep, and uh, there's William Hurt as uh, Betsy Ross's dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. George Washington. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Thaddeus Thunderbolt Ross. 
So <laughs> so let's jump into this movie. Um, and I have sort of like a I I took the description or the synopsis on IMDb that was written by someone. Uh, it doesn't say who wrote it, but uh, so I'm going to kind of go through that. I'll try to summarize it a little bit, and we'll just go through it. And I will ask my student questions to you, nerd experts. And then feel free to jump in with any tidbits you have, any comments you want to make. If you guys have any other questions or things and discussions, we'll just go from there. Do you want All to give right. a quick rundown of Hulk history before this? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, let's, yeah. What Hulk history do you want to give us, like, backstory of Hulk uh, before we well, get into this? Well, uh, created in 1962, I believe. Uh, yeah. I think yeah, that's right. 1962, Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, the, the classic uh, comic book team of, who basically created everything that is Marvel, mm-hmm. and even a lot of DC, Jack Kirby did. Um, originally, uh, his name in his first appearance was Bobby Banner. Oh, uh, not Bruce. Bobby! It was, yeah, but uh, and then by the time the second issue, I think, rolled around, Stan Lee had forgotten what he named him. <laughs> so I started calling him uh, Bruce Banner. He liked alliterative names, right. so he could yes. remember them more. You, gotcha. you have your uh, your Reed Richards, your Bruce Banner, your uh, Peter Parker. Oh, yeah, that's right. I never noticed that. Yep, and uh, so then they called him Bruce Banner, and then someone realized you called him Bobby Banner in the last one, so his full name is Robert Bruce Banner. Ah, there you so go. he covered it that way. Yep. Uh, and he went through a lot of permutations. He was a founding member of the Avengers in the, the comics as well. Um, he was a founding member of the Avengers? Yeah, he was in the, the first issue of Avengers. Mm-hmm. It was Hulk, Ant-Man, the Wasp, Thor, and Iron Man. Those are the original okay. Avengers. And his name is not David Banner at all in the comics. No. Yeah, not. David Banner was a creation of the Incredible Hulk TV show in the 70s. Yeah. Starring Bill Bixby as David Banner and Lou Ferrigno as the Incredible Hulk. Um, Shout out to Bill Bixby. Apparently his name was changed to David Banner because probably, I think, network executives thought Bruce sounded too gay. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. that really exactly true? I was about to say, yeah. I, I, I what, remember yeah, yeah. Reading, yeah. That's how yeah. Hollywood works, fellas. <laughs> yep. So our first bout of homophobia. What I heard said, gayish. What I heard was gayish. Gayish. They said they thought it was a little gayish. Gayish. Oh. Hey, stop. Now I there mean, is that that episode of The Simpsons where Homer says, "You guys," like he yells at uh, John Wa- Jonathan Waters. Is that his John name? Waters. John, yeah, John Waters. He's like. Here's my problem with gay guys. You took all our names. Lance and Bruce. We need those names. Those used to be the tough names. Maybe Bruce wasn't one of them, but I thought it was. It might have been, according to TV. So, Bruce, I never, I I just, I've never heard that that, I don't know, to me, that doesn't sound like a, I don't, doesn't seem like a feminine name to me. Bruce? Hey, Bruce. But these are all, listen, we are a country who is weird because um, you know <laughs> yeah. no, no name is actually gay and we also come from a history of naming our males Ashley and Shannon That's for right. them to suddenly to decide oh no he can't be Bruce on TV meanwhile yeah, right. Shannon and Courtney are running the studios as male so Boom. We're just to- weird Toby was a big name in the 70s and Toby yeah but yeah the, it's basically just a sign that network executives are dumb Okay. Yes, and that's what it boils down to. Really All right, but the the Hulk show in the seventies was super popular, uh, but which is and a lot of the the beats 
from that show are followed in this movie. Uh, but there was also you don't mean a, beats uh, as in like dropping the beats Wu Tang style. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what I mean. Or eating beets, the vegetables. But there was uh, a Hulk movie in, I believe, 2002, was it? Which is, I always get the two confused. Right. 2003, right? 2002 or 2003. Three, I think. I think it's three. Yeah, 2003. And that one was starring who again? Uh, Eric Bana. Eric Bana. I hated that one, I think. Right? Didn't I hate that one? (laughs) Most people hate that one. Am I supposed to hate that one? As a Hulk nerd, but uh, it's... Eric Bano, Jennifer Connelly, and Sam Elliott as General Right. Oh, Sam Elliott's better. I like both movies. I just kept flashing back different scenes. So when I think about the Hulk as a whole, I tend to combine both movies in my brain. In your head, So it's like there are scenes from both that play in my head as if they were one movie. And going back to watch it made me go, oh, wait. No, no, it is two different movies. Because it's been a lot of years. Sure. Yeah. What do the critics yeah. do? The critics like this one, the two thousand eight one, better as far as like uh, the animation of the Hulk and all that, the G- CGI. Uh, I think so. I think in two thousand three they were still pioneering it, mm-hmm. and uh, you can like by the end of the movie they decided let's just do everything in the dark, so it's got to cover up. Okay, but, yeah. Like, but there's a lot of in the two thousand three one the texture of the Hulk feels real, like bullets bounce off of him and it looks, he looks a little rubbery, hmm. but what if bullets bounce off your skin, it's going to look like that. And they had a stick where the, the more, the angrier he gets, the larger he gets. So he mm-hmm. also just would like people will shoot him with bullets. He just grow and grow and grow and become like a, a bigger giant monster. Huh? And it's, uh, like the CG was not bad, except the big problem, the big, issue that threw everybody off of the first one was the fact that like the big fight scene is with him and a bunch of uh dogs hulk right. dogs right hulk poodle <laughs> right like yeah the, right. the only big fights are uh him and the hulk poodles which seems was taken from the comics but was still like not what not a really good thing to take from the comics and then there was the big fight in the desert, which was pretty cool, which is very classic Hulk. And then there's the fight at the end with his dad, uh, who is called David Banner in that movie. That's right. And the dad's uh, what, Nick, uh, Nick, Nolte. Nick Nolte, all that whole and, thing. And, that's and right. That's, yep. in, in the comics, uh, his dad's name was Brian Banner, but Nick Nolte's craziness is a lot like the comic version. Of Bruce's <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. So, so they have Bruce's dad in the comics, but it's not in yeah. this movie. They don't even do his dad's he's a, story. He's a psychopath in the comics as well. I'm just realizing, too, now that I'm also mixing them up in my head, just like Tiffany is, I think, because, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I, you I have flashbacks of both yeah. movies. Yeah, yeah it's you crazy. You flashbacks, how, yeah, and then your fair. brain, you string them together. Uh, aside yeah. from the opening montage, the credits montage of The Incredible Hulk, this new movie, or, or this 2008 movie, there's not a lot that contradicts what was in the, the 2003 movie. So, And you think that was it, conscious, a conscious decision? Prob- I mean, I think the, the credits montage was consciously saying this isn't that movie because that movie didn't do that well because uh, the, <laughs> right. like the final fight was in the dark and it was just like the Hulk yelling into a cloud, like a jellyfish monster. <laughs> it was... <clears throat> the action parts were not done well, but the, the examination of psychological 
anger issues mm-hmm. was done pretty well in that movie, and that's why I like it still. Yeah. What do you What do you guys think, Art and Tiff? You You liked it too, but. Or did yeah, you I'm, hate it? I'm on the no. I didn't hate the first one. There, it's. Let me get my words. What I feel is similar to Andy in the fact that the first one explores a lot of the psychology and the why, and I like that in any movie, not just comic movies. Like I like when we can see a little backstory or we can see things build. Um, but I like the tw- 2008 movie as well. So did you? yeah. I did. Why did you? Why did you say it like that? Oh, let's see. What... I, would, I, I mean, it was. I did. I'm, I'm, I'm spoiled by modern technology and. and but things, when so we watch, I, think about. Okay, this is 2020, obviously, and we watch I, I, these. I, I, mm-hmm. You have to remember the growth. It's like going back and deciding you don't like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer because of the claymation. But see, I like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. Like I, I think I, I think I just don't like. I didn't like. The Incredible Hulk. This Incredible okay. Hulk. I, I think it, it, it. I didn't like it. Fine. So, both you know, Liv both Tyler kind of. Liv Tyler kind of ruined it for me. Yeah. Um, I think if he could so get over like his Liv Tyler hate, he could appreciate yeah, that. That's okay. One. Well, like that, even some of the that could ruin a even movie. some. But even how like Andy was saying, how like in the first one, you've seen the bullets. Like some of the the camera work in this one, seem really obvious. Like just like super close-ups of them and you see like where it cuts in the hulk it's like it's almost like it seemed a rush even though it's for that time it's still like you know it's 2000 it was 2008 they still could have kind of like roughed out some of these weird things with the camera angles you know what i mean it wasn't that long ago yeah. whatever with i feel like it, it's it's probably Anytime you're doing an actual like a Hulk standalone movie, it's gonna feel rushed because they could always do the CG better, right? Uh, and, and so they're always gonna feel like, oh, we have to get all this done by a certain time. And and your one your main character is entirely computer generated, yeah, right. And and this the Incredible Hulk paid for that in the end of this when it's two computer generated monsters fighting each other and it kind of loses the. It, it, yeah, we'll get we'll end, get to feels, this. We'll get to this. But Art, did you also hate the 2003 one with Jennifer Connelly? I, I didn't. Oh, that was okay. I like that. You like that okay. one better. So you like the right. you probably like the story and the actors better more than anything, probably right? Or just Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler. You just hate Liv Tyler. I'm going to say Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler was a cancer. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and express my apologies to Liv Tyler on behalf of Nerd School yes. Podcast. Art yes. does not speak for all of us. Yes. I love your dad. I love your dad, Liv. Oh. <laughs> the opinions uh, expressed in this podcast do not necessarily represent Nerd School Podcast. Exactly. Yeah, I also don't have a problem with her, except I'm a little distracted. I just I want I want Steven Tyler to show up every time I see her, or I want uh, Bruce Willis and an as- asteroid to hit him and say, I don't <laughs> want to miss a she, thing. She was great in that. Like, I love Armageddon. Yeah. Like, that scene, I get choked up when I see that scene. Do you? You know, so. I'm, you just I didn't like her. I, I, I don't like her for the Incredible I didn't like her for the Incredible Hulk. That's what it is. Okay. Like, she could have been, you know, be, okay. deal with Ben Affleck all she want, but, like, for this movie, I didn't, I didn't like her. Okay, well that's fair. So you don't dislike her as an actress. Like, you think she's right. good. You just didn't like her as. And sometimes you can't get past that if you don't want somebody as a certain right. part. Um, ben Affleck as Batman. People hated that, right? Yeah. People did. Because it just felt Ben Affleck. 
and not Batman. Like, oh, look, there's Ben Affleck. Oh, he's he, I guess he's supposed to be Batman. Every time he started talking, oh, yeah, he's supposed to be Batman. Oh, yeah, but he's Ben Affleck. He's always Ben Affleck first. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. It's like it, like if you had But Sam- I don't call Ben Affleck a cancer to all Batmans. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, if you had... It's like Ben Affleck's kind of like, like if you had Sammy Davis Jr. as right. Superman. Maybe, I'm right. Superman, baby. Uh, hey, I'm Clark Kent, baby. Now, and you would never believe it because Sammy Davis Jr. is such an iconic actor already. Like he's just him all the time. Ben Affleck's the same kind of way. Whereas there's other ones that, like Michael Keaton, wasn't Michael Keaton when he was Batman. He was Batman. You know what I mean? Like he was a different Michael Keaton. Don't you think? I don't know. I guess that's how I. That's how I agree with him. Anyway, well, I mean, so you said pretty much sort of like how like Christian Bale. Yeah. Was was you know like Chris like he just like. And then and even even Will on that that's like oh like different kind of voice with Bat Batfleck I didn't call him Batfleck Ben Affleck was just Ben Affleck with a cape and cow. Listen, you know? we're getting Do distracted bleed? to the wrong superhero. Do you bleed? I think I want Art Star to be Batman. Hey Matt Damon, you the one if you, you think he bleeds? No. I I like Art's Bat when he goes I'm Batman like he does the best. <laughs> Batman. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. I was hoping, I was waiting for you to do it. All right, let's jump into the movie. So we already kind of touched a little bit on everything, but so the, the over the opening credits, Andy alluded to, we can see how Hulk was born. It's sort of like a montage at the beginning uh, with Ed Norton and Betty Ross, Liv Tyler. Uh, they're scientists working on a project involving making the body resistant in certain types of radiation, specifically gamma rays. And so there's this whole back. You see the whole backstory just done in a montage. Yeah, um, it's, it's, that's closer to the TV show. Uh, it's him being the comics. Yeah. So I what I just what I wrote here is just that I because it's been so long since either one of these movies I've I've went back and watched them like all of us in all this confusion between the two. I, when I first started watching this again, I was like, did I miss a movie? Is this the second movie? Was there two? I don't remember. Is this? And then I was like, is this footage from that first Hulk movie? And then mm-hmm. I started in my mind, like, why? Why is this not? And I and I totally forgot Sam Elliott. I forgot every. It made me think that this was the back. Like the back. Just like it kind of, like you said, it kind of probably meant to do. I had yeah. forgotten all about Nick Nolte and all that stuff. But at first I was like. I'm going to have to call Andy. Like, am I, when, and then I just, well, I'll just give it a minute. And then I started realizing, okay, I don't think I did miss anything. I think it was just their way of catching you up to, we already know who the Hulk is. Everybody knows how the backstory happened. And now here's the story we're going to tell. Right. Um, it's, uh, yeah, this was only five years since that last Hulk movie. And okay. It was basically a five-year difference. And then, okay, we're rebooting it. So they had to kind of try to separate themselves. And they did a whole, like, Basically, the point of this movie was to pick up the action that was not in the the, the first one was very slowly paced mm-hmm. and very cerebral, and this was like, all right, let's just make this a tense thriller. He's on the run all the time, and uh, right, and that did. I work. read the, Go ahead. Art. I read the director meant this to be what he called the requel. I guess he said because it was like a reboot, okay, and also kind of sort of like a sequel to the first one. Okay, a requel. Yeah, really. I like that That's term. Cool. I never heard that yeah. term before. I like it. Art star laying down new verbiage. Hey, hey we I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't take claim to that word. I just, <laughs> I just it. Well, I'll always remember you saying it first. No, but that's good. Okay, cool. And I, you know, I love a movie that starts out like that. Like it's got to start mm. out like going and get you into it. Like anything, a play, a, a show, anything should 
a concert. You know, they say right. concerts you start out with a kick-ass song and then you end with a kick-ass song, just to get everybody going. So yeah, that's good. Um, so that's cool. I'm glad you put that in there. Okay, and then we jump to 158 days without incident in a town. In- before before you get there, before you yeah. before you do that, yeah, like when it was showing the opening credits and, and the the little montage, yeah, like there were bits and pieces that we were supposed to see, like. Nick Fury's name pops up in there. Really? Doc Sampson. Yeah, Doc Sampson's name is on one of the uh, documents that's taped up. Uh, oh. Who else? Um, Rick Jones' name Doc pops up. In the movie. Yeah, yeah. But they make, mention like Doc Sampson's in there, but his name's also in that very beginning of the little mm-hmm. clip. And then you see like the uh, um, schematics for the Sonic Cannon. Mm. Um, you see like Stark Industries on that. So like there's a lot of things in there like. I don't. I don't know if you guys see. Have you guys seen the last Jurassic? I mean, this is totally not the Bible. Have you seen the last Jurassic Park movie? Uh, no, I haven't seen it. No, the second one. Do you plan on seeing the last Jurassic Park movie? I do not. No. <laughs> All right. So at the end of the Jurassic Spoiler Park alert. movie, when it's going, when it's going off, they show all these different. It's like an ending montage, but they show clips of like different things happening around the world because. You know, not, not not Jurassic Park. I'm I'm lying to you guys. Godzilla. <laughs> it's Godzilla. The last Godzilla that oh, came Godzilla. out. Oh, I definitely did not watch the last. Godzilla. Okay, so at the end of that, Andy it's did. like they show all these different clips of different animals, like Mothra, like all these different animals from the Godzilla or the Universal Monster. I guess they're part of Universal Monsters, but like they were showing all these different clips, setting up different movies based on what it was almost like the whole. Flash forward, ju- you know, jumping everything up to like, okay, this is the next phase of what's happening after Godzilla. We're going to have all these other different monster movies, which tie into the Godzilla universe, kind of sort of thing. So this Whereas, is the same thing they were doing in this montage in the Hulk. Yeah, and, and in the very beginning. So you're seeing like all these different things. It's like, okay, later on down the line, you know, like the Sonic Cannon, how it shows up in here. It also yeah. shows up. Uh, War Machine uses it. The drones from Far From Home. And these are Easter eggs right here. The yeah. drone from Spider-Man Far From Home that Mysterio uses uses the same stock technology that was used on this, the Sonic Cannon that we see here in this oh, movie wow. to disrupt the Hulk. Cool. Did you know that, Andy? Like all of no. Oh, school like all, of these, <laughs> all of these little things that they're, like, they're sprinkling throughout in that very beginning. It's like if you're not looking for it, you're going to catch it. Like, okay, yeah. this is what happened. Like you said, like, all you saw was like, this was giving you like a little backstory of what happened. Like now, here's the story we're going to tell. But like before that, there was like so much information in there that like you wouldn't have not stopped and said, hmm, I wonder what that means. I wonder what's that you now. Like, yeah. That's cool. That kind of. Get- it's, it's, it's some of the good things that happen in this movie that, you know, that you'll see, that, 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 that they show. Yeah, I feel like I caught record. only a couple, but I know there are a million mm-hmm. more. Like, I caught the like Stark don't... Industries on um, their equipment, but that's mm-hmm. it. Because I was so into the story. But I'm also, I'm always fascinated when you find out after, like, oh, they dropped all these hints. And you right. had to think that the people who were creating this were probably as nerdy as we can be. Because they know what they're dropping. So you right. know they're like, ooh, let me wait and see who catches this. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's almost like you want, you want to be one of those execs in like those meetings like how now they're like planning for like phase five 
of Marvel, and it's like this stuff like 2023, 2024, and it's like they already know pretty much what they're going to try to do, and we have right. to wait four years to see what happens, you know? But like they know, like, okay, we're going to do this, and like people are going to be like, whoa, now, you know, right. like, whoa. Does it count as an Easter egg if a movie in 2008 shows something that a movie in 2019 decides to use? <laughs> I mean, Good point. After the fact, after the fact it's, like, it's, like, it's like a chicken. I guess it would be a chicken then, What right? came first? What came first? <laughs> right. Yeah, so we don't know. It'd did be they a chicken. Just, did they They're just Easter put chickens. It, <laughs> did they put it in there and then somebody making that 2019 movie decided to so use let's it? reference that. Right now, right. I'm coining the phrase Easter chicken as a, yeah. a prequel <laughs> to an Easter egg. There's your Easter new verbiage, chicken. Easter chicken. Uh, there's Easter a new chicken, one. Yeah. There we go. Well, yeah, I mean, I just wonder how often there's nerds sitting in a room somewhere. They come up with a plan to plot out those movies like you're saying, and you can't wait. Like You, you can't wait to see what they're going to do. But right. how hard is it for them to know what's going to happen and not tell all their and nerd have friends? To sit on it, right? That's got to be really. Well, I guess it's also like if you're a writer, you you know you don't want people to know your the end of your book until you actually publish it. So yeah. for them, it's probably cool. But then it's also like they're like, oh, they're going to love this when I release it. Yeah. Or when you can relate the characters, I think that's one yeah. of the things I do like in a book. I was reading a few books by an author, and it took me to the third book to go. Wait a minute! All of these fools live in the same place, and then I figured out how they interacted in the book, um, and it wasn't obvious, but it was exciting by the third book because I was like, "Oh, okay." So I can imagine that there is there's a sense of comfort I think with them because mm-hmm. you know this is your world you're building, so a level of comfort in building it, but also a sense of excitement knowing that someone's going to catch on. Yeah. Or you can use it later, depending on which came first. So that tells me I'm completely normal to want all these actors to also be the characters they've played in every other movie. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and say First of all, completely normal, and you are not two terms that match. Um, <laughs> Burn! That's true. <laughs> but That's true. none of us are. Oh, uh, good. That's why no, we're here together. Sam Jackson cannot play one character for his whole life. Not everyone could be Liam Neeson, guys. Yeah, well, okay, maybe there's some exceptions. We'll figure that out. But other we ones, already know that not like, oh no, no, that doesn't. That, how that are like eight different people going to be James Bond at the same time? Exactly. Yeah, James Bond. Multiple universes. Yeah, there we go. Just like the Spider Verse. Do not add to it, Art. <laughs> We're trying to kill Joe's theory of every actor no. playing every role for. I just want it to be possible. Like I want. Well, I mean, I read the. I would have read the live. I mean, Jennifer Connelly played Betty Ross. That's See? forever, forever, and nothing else. And she could yeah. still be Betty Ross. Could be that same character in Career Opportunities. <laughs> right, Andy? No, <laughs> no, no. All right, no. we'll jump back in. 158 days without incident in a town in Brazil. Bruce wakes up from a nightmare of everything that's happened to him. He groans and goes about his morning routine, which includes feeding his dog Rick and learning Portuguese by watching Sesame Street and comparing what he hears to a Portuguese English dictionary. Wasn't there something about that we mentioned? His, his dog, his dog Rick, was named after the comics. Uh, his best friend in the comics is named Rick Jones, and he was Rick Jones is essential to him becoming the Hulk in the first place in the comics. So I'm sure that was a reference to that. So, they, Rick, so Rick his best friend, Rick Jones, is kind of a big deal in Marvel comics, but he's never he's not made the jump into movies at all yet. He wasn't in the 2003 one. 
there was a guy that could have been the guy that Eric Bana had to save from getting the gamma accident juiced up. That could have been Rick Jones, but then as soon as he is saved, you never see that guy again for the rest of the movie, and I don't think his name was Rick. Mm-hmm. And there was, there was no Rick Jones in this. This was, you know, Bruce Banner injects himself with the stuff. Does Rick but Jones, in the, comics, in the comics, does Rick Jones ever, like, become a hero or a Hulk or anything? Oh, yeah. He becomes uh, a Hulk? He, uh, he becomes a sort of a version. They, uh, he be- he becomes a bomb, which is sort of a riff on the abomination. Mm-hmm. Is in this movie, but it's not uh, abomination. It's not supposed to be not abomination. the abomination. But oh. he gets like these weird, like he becomes kind of like this blue Hulk with weird scaly things that looks like the abomination. So, which, so he decided to call himself a bomb for a while. Rick Jones is like a uh, in the original comics. He's a teenager who wanders onto the Gamma Bomb test site, and Bruce Banner has to save him. Okay. And, uh, then, because the bomb's about to blow up, and he told the guys to halt the countdown. But there's a KGB spy working in the Gamma unit, and he doesn't halt the countdown. He's trying to sabotage it. So Bruce manages to save Rick Jones by getting him to a protective trench. Uh, but he doesn't get in the trench as well, as if like being in a ditch would help you not get radiation out of yeah, you. Yeah. That's it's Cold War '60s comics. So you know, it's magic. Uh, but so he gets, and then Rick Jones feels guilty for the rest of his life because he's the reason Bruce has, becomes the Hulk, and he tries to make it up to him by being his uh, basically his Chewbacca uh, <laughs> lifelong friend. Nerd. And then, like, he also gets really involved with the Avengers. He, he's like a psychic to Captain America for a while. Rick Jones is? Yeah. Does he beat up Bucky? No, Bucky's <laughs> dead at that point. Oh, Bucky's dead. And Captain America's well, got to have him. We'll Captain America, but there was a long time in comics where the rule was only Bucky stays dead. And then they said, let's break that rule and bring Bucky back as the Winter Soldier. But that's a whole other thing. We'll get to that. We'll get to that, yeah, because... We got time later. There's a lot with Bucky, like... Yeah, I don't know. Rick Jones seems like a Bucky to me. I don't know. Yeah, he was he was kind of he. You know what? He might have actually. I have to look this up, but he might have actually been a Bucky. Like he wore a Bucky costume for a little while. He might have been a Bucky. I might be wrong about that, but I feel like well, you know, Bucky is pretty much the Marvel's version of Robin. So. Yeah, it's basically right. yeah, it's like it. you're yeah. you're not Captain America. You're just a Bucky. Like that sounds like an, the people <laughs> insult each other like is that. that your, don't be a Bucky. Get I out of here. Uh, once upon a time, they might have, but uh, ever now since you want to be Bucky. Yeah. Now you want to be yeah, Bucky because he's they made Bucky like cool and tragic. But Robin still sucks, right? I don't think he sucks. There's, there's <laughs> a big sucks. fan base of Robin uh, is fangirls, badass, especially, where, especially like, Damien. Fangirls Nightwing. for Robin? Yeah. Oh, because yeah. he's Nightwing. That's more right. so for Nightwing, I think. But uh, yeah. Not, there's a whole bunch of Robins, and there's enough of them that they're they're their own little family unit. Not Burt Ward. Not Burt Ward. But uh, anyway, so Rick is now Rick Jones was cool and awesome and great in the comics, and I was reduced to a friggin' dog. Yeah, and I mean, it's a way to it's, it's a way, a way to homage. make him still have a best friend that's in the true. movie. Oh, that's so a smart. Rick is still his best friend. Yeah, he's just. In a different form in the movie. That's, That's a good all. take. I like He's that. A spirit animal. Spirit, there you go. spirit animal. All right, I like the best friend thing. That's a good angle. Okay, I, 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 I won't knock at them. 
That's good. That's a good point. <laughs> he also spends time learning relaxation techniques in an effort to control his heart rate and keep himself from becoming too excited. He goes to his job as a day laborer at a local factory, handing out dry goods and cleaning up messes while avoiding the old tough guys at a bottling factory. He also occasionally helps out you with... You know, the old tough guys that hang out at the bottling factory. You know, the bottling... You know, every, that stereotype. Yeah. Every bottling factory has tough guys. Of course. Right. Every factory has the bullies. It wouldn't be a factory without it, duh. Yeah, that's right. And a dame that's, that needs saving. The daemon's distress. Always. Yeah, yeah we're going to get to that, yeah. He also occasionally helps out with electrical aspects with, when something breaks, which it does on this day, and we, we uh, as he's fixing it and joking around with the manager, he cuts himself on a metal clip, and his blood falls through all the graded floors onto the belt, and Bruce freaks out, yelling for the belt to stop. Uh, confused, the workers stop the belt, and Bruce inspects the area where the blood fell, cleaning it up and giving it the okay. As the belt starts and the people start talking about the crazy gringo, no one notices the drop of blood that fell into a bottle currently destined for the United States of America. And this is when he, he seals up his little cut with super glue. And uh, I decided, I just wrote down that I'm going to start carrying super glue with me in case I ever cut myself. Is that the first time you've ever heard of that? Though? I think that's the first time I've ever seen that. I didn't know that that was a thing you could do. Wouldn't no, that get infected? It. No, there's something. I've, maybe it was back in my military life. I've seen things get sealed. I'm not saying it's the best thing to do. But, but if I've you have nothing it. else, yeah. Have you ever done it? No, I have not. It's sustained major cuts that, well, I have, but they needed stitches. So, yeah. Okay. We're not gluing anything. I'm they, need, go. they need stitches like snitches do. <laughs> no, snitches. I feel I like I have. Because I have a cut on my in middle, like this finger here. Yeah. Ow. That when I was in uh, eighth grade, uh, my best friend at the time, I had, had his pen. And it was one of those ball pens with the metal clip thing on it. Yeah. It was broken off. So he snatched it from me and Ooh. it opened up my finger. Ooh. And like I'm... I'm I'm queasy when it comes to blood. Yeah. So I remember being in class looking at it. Teacher sent me to the nurse's office to get a band-aid. I put a band-aid on it, but it needed like stitches. Oof. And I actually put glue in like it. Snitches, dude. And like I, n- I never got stitches in it. Never got stitches in it. Yeah. But like That's what, when I, I was younger. Maybe it's, maybe it's cultural. I don't know. But when I used to sit there and I used to sit there and press it and I could feel like the it would feel weird whenever I pressed against it. Just because I guess because Oh, the way it sealed up on it its just own. didn't seal up the right way or whatever. I mean, it sealed right. the right way, but you can see the cut where it looks like it should have been stitched. Yeah. But I'm not, you know, I just toughed yeah. it up. Yeah. You know? It's a weird thing. I don't know. I'm about to Google when it became the And only reason I did it was because I was like, I wonder if I put glue on it if it would be like, <laughs> I didn't even think of like, you know, I was, I, was a boy, I was a young boy. You know, I was 13. Boys, we do what we do. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, that's true. Tiffany, can Apparently. I? Apparently. Can I ask you a question about your military career? If it's not too personal. Did you ever kill anybody? I did not. No. Sweet. I did not go to war. So my my people went to war. I went in during a time of war. And I did. And I was in the Air Force. And it was at the time where Air Force doesn't often go directly into war. However, they were taking people from my job and training us. We were, we're transportation. So okay. you name it, we can drive it. We can drive a wrecker, a tractor trailer, a okay. Hummer. So the army started to use us to drive for them. And so my shop, everyone deployed 
and it was my turn to deploy, but someone wanted to go back. It was a single guy who really wanted to go back. So I never had to go. Like my readiness bag was always packed because it was a part of my job. Uh But I never actually went. My mother went. She saw some stuff. Okay. But um, I never had to go. So. But you're trained to kill a guy. Like you could kill all three of us. (laughs) I'm trained to shoot a gun <laughs> like i'm trained to drive i can drive us out of combat real quick and okay get us where she's we being, need to be she's being modest tiffany probably could kill us with a paper clip she could yeah. kill the yeah, three of us with a bare hand that's just she can probably be us that's just her somehow, rage you know? that's just yeah. her lady rage yeah. kill that's not the air force that's just <laughs> tiffany being tiffany i can <laughs> kill you you know take off our glasses and she had a little shave at the end of it yeah. you know <laughs> Yeah, I've seen her do like a Black Widow jump and kick. Right, yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, so I have not. But um, yeah, a lot of people. But still, we shouldn't mess with it. No, I think the general consensus and people know that I will probably stab you. Um, (laughs) (laughs) It is, it is, it's gotten me through a lot in life. When I walk uptown at night, I tend to be fine. Okay. Um, I think I carry the I wish you would. Uh, mentality. I'm not saying it's the best mentality, but I'm also not telling you what I'm carrying on me if you were to ever approach me. Dang, and that's a little bit about TBJ. Okay, now you got that, You they got that research done about the glue you looked yes. at? Yes. Oh. So apparently it is a thing. So I'm surprised you didn't see it. it it's uh, always been a glue. thing? Yeah. For certain kinds of cuts, super glue can be an effective way of closing the wounds for healing. Cool. I never yep. uh, saw that before. There's a special medical version of it, but a lot of people tend to use regular super glue. Huh. That being and said, you know. nerd school does not recommend you use super glue on your injuries. Please see your medical professional. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. We're gonna, all right. <laughs> Tiffany is going to be the official uh, uh, person who gives those. Uh, Listen, we're not what, getting what a those, lawsuit because we were those? being goofy. Disclaimers. You're the disclaimer yes. person. So we'll go to you on those. She's tr- She's HR. The other thing I note I made at this point was that I couldn't stop picturing. Here we go with my whole thing. I couldn't stop picturing Ed Norton as a Nazi because I guess the the movie that I relate him in my mind with the most is uh, American History X. Yeah. yeah. Oh. And that was just so, especially that scene where he kicks that guy. I just yeah, can't. Like, it just like scarred me for life. I think. I don't know how old I was when I saw that, but gosh, I shouldn't have. I, ugh, I can't get that out of my mind. And Ed Norton specifically. Like, I see him doing that every time I see him in anything. So it's probably good that they recast him after this. Yeah. Yeah. And I didn't like, I don't think I liked, uh, uh, crap, what's the guy's name? Who's the new guy? Uh, Mark Ruffalo. I didn't think I liked him at first, but I really like him now that he's, He's been in a bunch of things, and you've seen his character develop. I love Mark Ruffalo. You love Mark Ruffalo? I mean, I didn't yeah. know him before that. He's so a maybe very that's... sincere Bruce. What's that? He's a very sincere Bruce. Yeah, and I, I like his nerdiness. Bruce. Like, I like his yeah, nerdy. He does, he does. You believe it more. Like, Ed Norton. Right, right. I don't know. Ed Norton's a Nazi. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, but he probably is a Nazi. You, know, you get past Ed Norton. Like, I guess the, I could see the whole Tyler Durden, the kind of, like, he just seemed like he wants to fight more than to be passive. Whereas yeah. Mark Ruffalo comes off as like, you know, he comes off like a dad that like wants to save his son from the bullies. 
Yeah. You told him to just talk to him instead of trying to beat him up. Yeah. Whereas he doesn't go. Like, Kick his ass. Kick his ass. Yeah. You know, he had that kind of attitude. One Fight Club, too. With Fight Club, he's kind of got that mindset, I guess. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I think it's... I really I really wish um, Mark had gotten his own Hulk um, movie. I think yeah. I would have been really excited because I enjoy him just as an actor, not even just as Hulk. Just as an actor... Um, I think it would have been great for him to have his own. I don't think it's possible now, but it would have been great for him to have his turn. Why is it not possible now, do you think? I think there's uh, some rights issues. Uh, Universal Pictures still... Oh, oh, you don't mean... Right. Tiff, you don't mean you don't think it's possible because of anything they've done already. You just think no, legally it's I think not. it's yeah. No, I think there's... If, if there was a time and they could have done it they would have i think oh, andy's okay. right there's too many things in the background I because i think if they could have done it they would have done it we would have got it but, oh okay okay um, i thought you were saying that i thought you were saying because of they developed it so far that they can't do it. no because he still rolls yet. through all of our avengers like he could still come out in a storyline but i don't know if it's possible now yeah there'd be a great i think that's why you i think that's why he was in ragnarok so much too because it's kind of like even though it's thor's movie yeah it, it kind of like gives you the whole world war hawk planet hawk kind of feeling yeah it because gives it's like hawks a... in space yeah it's like you know what's that all about kind of thing and like maybe just that him, is there yeah weren't wasn't there a whole like series of comics and things and where hulk and spider-man were like a duo together for a while or is that am i making that up it's a cartoon, uh, wasn't I mean, it? There were there Hulk were always comics like Marvel Team Up or Marvel yeah. Two in One, where characters would team up like and stuff like that. And you know they they had they but even, an animated series about the same time. Yeah, and they used uh, to come on back. To, I know, I know in Baltimore they used to come on like the same like back to back, so it almost seemed like it was like the Spider Man Incredible Hulk hour. hour I think they fan. did crossovers in the cartoons, if I remember correctly. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, I thought there was like a Hulk and Spidey show where they like. Did everything together, fought together, something. I don't know why I thought that. I think you're thinking I, I of what we're thinking that. of. The cartoon, maybe the old cartoons. The reason you thought that is because we had a, as children had a color form set with the Incredible Hulk and Spider Man. Oh, that my, that's probably right. Yeah, we played yeah, color forms. Like we were color form crazy. Like we did color forms. Yeah, I used to all, love color form. And I look and back at it now, dinks. and I'm like, how do we color forms and shrinky dinks? Yeah, how did they oh, entertain us for dinks. so long? They were just like. They were just like little pieces of pictures in plastic. Like, we, but those but entertain- they, had, they, they had their own playset, and you could play with them like they were little toys. You could make your own scenes. And yeah, all yeah, yeah. I still, but like, I try to explain this to my kids, and they look at it like you're crazy. Why would you play with that? We got video games and everything else. Like, <laughs> I mean, right. we didn't have all that. That's yeah. what you tell them. I we guess. didn't have all that. We had we the Atari. very yep. We had Atari, and I remember when the first oh, getting our first PlayStation. Um. I remember those days. You do. And it wasn't even really ours. I think it was my dad played the PlayStation when we first got <laughs> Probably. the PlayStation. Like it wasn't my sister and I. It's like yeah. I don't think we really started playing a PlayStation as kids until I was a teen. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we we're, we're we're already forty five minutes in, uh, about forty ish minutes in. So let me let's finish one little bit more of the movie and then we'll wrap that up and then we'll start another one. Uh, okay. So, because I want to get to the, I think this next part is a good stopping point once I finish this next bit. Unaware of the contaminated bottle, 
Bruce starts to leave, but he notices the same toughs who usually give him a hard time coming on to an attractive coworker, Martina. Uh, which I I just thought there's that doesn't happen. There's never a super hot lady that works at a factory, but maybe there is. I don't know. Maybe there is. It doesn't stop creepos. The creepy guys will hit and bother any woman. That's that true. They can bother. It'll be in. Yeah, right. So Bruce stops the action by asking Martina if she'd like to have lunch with him tomorrow. Yeah, but she's like a supermodel working. But anyway, but it's a it's a movie. But the leader, but the leader of the gang starts coming up to Bruce, who cautions him in Portuguese by saying, "Don't make me hungry. You wouldn't like me when I'm hungry," which was a funny little bit. I like that part. It uh, was. And then Bruce picks up a package from someone, and then he boots up his homemade computer and makes contact with someone named Mister Blue in America. Together, the two of them are working on a cure, and after dicing up the package, a flop. Uh, uh, wait. The two of them are working on a cure, and he opens up the package, and it's a flower, and he applies its juice to his blood. Bruce regretfully types no change to his blue types that he should come to New York, and he glances at a photo of Betty he keeps before regretfully saying that he can't do that either and powering down for the night. Uh, meanwhile, at the Pentagon, Ross is receiving a report from his chief assistant, Major Kathleen Spar, played mm-hmm. by Christina Cabot. Is that how you say it? Cabot? Mm. I don't know. C-A-B-O-T. That an, I think it's Cabot. That an, it's probably Cabot. That an old man in Ohio died after receiving gamma poisoning from his fruit drink that came from Brazil. Note and the old man was? I'm going to pause you because the old man was? Yep. Nobody's going to jump in? I was Andy? Like giving Stan Lee. Up. Stan Lee. Thank you. The Marvel creator. I think you called up a jump. Playing it I think you called up a jump. I was, I was no, waiting on good. you guys to come in with me. I was leading up and the oh, old man. I didn't know if we were all going to say it. Stan Lee. But that was, that. was my note was that we. I think we forgot to mention Stan Lee's cameo in Iron Man. Because uh, he was Hugh Hefner in Iron Man. I thought I don't we think did we mention it. Right. We did? I thought we did. I can't remember if we did. But I wanted it in case we didn't. I, we might have mentioned it in this original recording that we messed up. I don't know. Oh. Maybe we did or maybe we didn't, but if we did Which happened in an alternate universe, because we did mess up the original episode. That's true. This, <laughs> is, a new, this is a new world. Right, yeah, that didn't exist. <laughs> so, yeah, so he was Hugh Hefner in that one. So that made me think, obviously, I don't remember all the ones he's done, but I started. I was going to ask you guys, is this the only time he's like a main plot point, or does it is it just anything but Stanley is, uh, or do we know? Uh, well, we, we, let's think about it. Uh, we have to go through them all. I know we need to have a special one-off episode of Stan. Yeah, Lee's we might just do. Yeah, let's just do a, a special episode later and 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 do that. But but Stan Lee is in all these Marvel movies. And, and has there has there been a movie since he's passed away? Uh, yeah, Captain Marvel. What? Captain Marvel, right? Yeah, he, no, he was in that. Uh, he was on the, a bus reading a but, script from Mallrats. <laughs> but I was wondering, like, are they gonna just use old? But didn't they footage? do like a? Because they 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 didn't, they didn't finish. They hadn't finished it when he died, though, right? Because wasn't that scene where she, I guess she, like, it was almost like a montage. Not necessarily montage. I guess the beginning was like a montage to him. But then when they saw him, I guess when he was on the bus, wasn't that just like him? But it was kind of played off like a memorial kind of thing. I could have. Uh, it was just a brief thing. Like it was on the train, actually. Like she's yeah. uh, chasing down the scroll, and she looks over and sees Stan Lee reading a script for Mall Ranch. He just looks up and smiles, and she smiles back at him. Yeah, uh, so that was. I think he was uh, dead at that point. 
I mean, by the release, he was. Yeah, when they filmed it, he was alive. Yeah, <laughs> when it was released, he was dead. I, I don't know if he was in Spider-Man: Far From Home. Wasn't Spider Verse? Uh, they did a cartoon of him, right? And didn't, is that where they? I thought I remember seeing a cartoon of him where it was like, "Oh, it's a tribute. Oh, he's dead," or something. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So it makes me just wonder, what are they going to do now in the next one? They'll probably do some. I I they'll feel put like in the background. They'll put yeah, a they'll, they'll be like somewhere. exactly. There'll be a portrait in somebody's house of their uncle Carl, and that'll be Stan. Yeah. Like, there's <laughs> you can't. I don't think you can cancel that tradition, and I think it will make them want to do it even more. Um, okay. Right. And it's not like there's not uh, a whole lot of recorded material with Stan Lee around. That That's they true. Sort of they probably have a ton of video, or, so, or they could CGI him uh, yeah. at this point with, uh, you know, now that they brought back, uh, what's a guy from Star Wars, uh, Grandma of Tarkin. Isn't that who they Peter brought Cushing? back? Or Peter Cushing, yeah. yeah. In, uh, in Rogue One. Yeah. I always wonder, like, I wonder if they have do they have to get the family's like permission to use his likeness or something. Most of the families, like, um, dude from Fast and Furious and Carrie, most of their Carrie Fisher, most of their families are involved in the process. Okay, I don't think I've ever seen one where their family wasn't involved in okay. them bringing that person back on screen. I don't think anyone's ever been like, we're bringing them back no matter what. Yeah. Um, but I think. Because in Fast and Furious, his brothers, like a bunch of his brothers, stepped in and shot some scenes. Oh, okay. Carrie's Fisher daughter had something to do with bringing her back. Oh, okay. Um, so people tend to, there's still a level of respect um, that's coming. Yeah, so I'm like, what's to stop somebody from using Bob Hope to sell, you know, uh, right. Toyotas no, I think you whatever, have, you know. oh, then your Fred family, Astaire, the family Fred Astaire already you. did a, like a vacuum cleaner commercial. Really? Yep. Yeah, like the Dirt Devil or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Sure he was dancing is, around with the vacuum. I don't know how the Fred Astaire family feels yeah. about that. Um, it, dep- it depends on where their money is right now. Here's a quick question I didn't write down, but it's it's coming to me now. Is this Kathleen Spar? Is that a major Kathleen Spar? Is that a character from comics and stuff? Not that I recall. It might be just in this movie. Yeah. Not and significant I, I, enough for you to recall anyway. No, I, I need to look up uh, what we were talking about, Ed Norton versus Mark Ruffalo. I need to uh, to uh, refine that uh, that press release that Kevin Feige and Marvel Studios released when they let him go and announced they were looking to recast. Because oh it was, yeah, it was like the, the pettiest press release I'd ever seen. Yeah, about basically shitting on Ed Norton for being uh, not a team player. And, yeah, and yeah. He's got a reputation for being a control freak and taking over productions and trying to rewrite things and take screenwriting credit from people. Mm-hmm. And uh, so. He, he has a bit of a reputation for being tough to work with. Yeah, there, there was, was no a lot. love lost in that one. Yeah, right. There's a lot in the IMDb trivia about that, uh, the rifts between, you know, and Ed, uh, Ed Norton controlling the script and controlling the storyline and not letting certain things happen in a certain way and making it go, you know. I mean, like, I, I get they, it. They, they filmed something he demanded to be filmed. Because uh, he wanted it to be in the movie, and they had no intention of putting it in the movie, so there was some bad blood about that as well. Like, so, so which 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 statement opening... do you want? Which statement do you want, Andy? That you're trying to find? Uh, the, Kevin the, Feige's or Edward Norton's? Uh, Kevin Feige, when he like back from like 2009 or whatever, when they started. I I found one that says we have made the decision to not bring Ed Norton back to portray the title role of Bruce Banner in the Avengers. Our decision is definitely not one based on monetary factors, 
but instead rooted in the need for an actor who embodies the creativity and collaborative spirit of all our talented cast members. The Avengers demands players who thrive working as part of an ensemble, as evidenced by Robert, Chris H., Chris E., Sam, Scarlett, and all of our talented cast. We are looking to announce an actor, a name actor, who fulfills these requirements and is passionate about the iconic role in the upcoming weeks. He yeah, basically was- said, this isn't a money decision because we ain't broke, but we don't <laughs> want you. Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that was right. most press releases are, are made to cover up drama. Yeah, but this was fuck you. You're yep. <laughs> yeah. This was we don't like you anymore. It was a flat out nope. No, <laughs> no team is. player, bro. Now I want to like look for interviews with Ed Norton if they. Oh yeah, there's, there's stuff you, more recently with Ed Norton where he's addressed it. Oh yeah. Oh really? There's uh, more recent stuff. Uh, but here's. I understand. So I understand part of why Ed Norton is the way he is, but it also depends on your publicist. There's a certain level of control you want as an actor when you get to a certain height because you're you're paying attention to how you're seen. Now you can get too knee deep in that and ruin the process for your directors, your writers, your producers, which is where he went. Um, but there is a way to play it right. Like think of Reese Witherspoon. Reese Witherspoon is never going to play against her type, but that's because she did the smart thing and created her own production company. So she holds mm. control from the top. Yeah. And Norton just is in here controlling from an actor level and I plans on telling you all what you're not going to do with his image or what <laughs> he feels passionate about. Yeah. Um, so uh, I get his need for it, but there's a better way to maintain a sense of control of how you are on the screen and how you come across because plenty of actors are bat crap crazy. What's his name on Arrested Development? That was horrible to the co-star. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor. Jeffrey Tambor. Yeah. yeah. Horrible. But you, you wouldn't know it until someone came out and told you how horrible it is because they're trained by their publicists and studios to like all sit on the couch together and all hold this interview and yeah. look decent, but behind the scenes, he was ridiculous to work with. Yep. Yeah, here's here's Edward Norton, uh, like, last year, talking like talking about this. He was talking about how he, uh, I love the Hulk comics, I believe they were very mythic, and what uh, Christopher Nolan had done with the Batman was uh, going down a path that I was aligned with, long, dark, and serious. If there was ever uh, a thing that I thought had that in it, it was the Hulk. It was literally the Promethean myth. I laid out a two-film thing, the origin and then the idea of the Hulk as a conscious dreamer, a guy who can handle the trip. And they were like, that's what we want. And as it turned out, that wasn't what they wanted. But I had a great time doing it, and I got on great with Kevin Feige. So, uh, but he thought the press release was cheap. It was brand defensiveness or something, yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, so basically, this is a, this is an Easter chicken. (laughs) <laughs> like in that scene where he uses the flower, well, no, I guess it's, a, it's an Easter egg. The scene where he uses the flower, where he gets the flower, the white flower. Yeah. An old, there's an old Frankenstein where Frankenstein's monster is holding like a white flower. So, like, that's like the whole callback to like the whole Promethean and like okay. the whole, you know, making the Hulk. I guess what Ed Norton's pretty much saying, like, he wanted the Hulk to be sort of like a Frankenstein's monster kind of sort of thing as opposed to like you know they say now how like this movie kind of sets up well towards the towards the end it kind of sets up 
the Hulk being, and this is this is this is third this is third episode, right? But like, I guess we'll call back to I guess once we do our third episode about this. Yeah. But this is kind of like it calls back to the whole Hulk being, you know, uncontrollable to being a point where like now he knows exactly how to control himself as the Hulk. So it's like he he's he's, he's a. He's a, like Frankenstein. You couldn't really control Frank Frankenstein, and I guess the way they show him in movies, he's uncontrollable. Where like if you're reading Frankenstein, Frankenstein, I always tell people Frankenstein is like a love story, but it's like uh, Frankenstein has more control. Frankenstein's monster is more of a controlled kind of monster as opposed to like a you know Hulk smash beat him up kind of thing. And I think that's what Ed Norton was trying to get to by the way he was treating him and they wanted more of a you know brute just breaking smashing everything just because kind of thing i think uh um there's i mean the hulk is basically a uh, dr jekyll and mr hyde riff yeah it is he's a a very classic throwback kind of monster and and back in when he was created in 62 uh marvel comics had, had been uh, very big on making like monster comics throughout most of the fifties. It was just like classic monsters, your swamp monsters, or whatever the heck. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that 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 tracks pretty well that uh, the Frankenstein myth or any kind of classic monster thing would go along with that. But then uh, to bring the Hulk into the Avengers uh, required a kind of different idea, right? Of, of right. the Hulk, and and it's still the Hulk because there's a lot. Well, we'll get to it when we talk about the Avengers. Uh, but there's a lot they got right about the Hulk in right. the Avengers about how he interacts with people and how people deal with him and exactly. what his attitude is like. But uh, I can talk about that more. Yeah, so uh, it definitely started going another dimension. But with that, I think we're out of time for this episode. We're just getting our toe into it. We're just starting the movie, so that's good. Mm-hmm. We can have as many episodes as we need to talk about the Hulk because it's a cool movie and it's great stuff and it's good content for nerds. Right, nerds. <laughs> Correct. But now we got to say goodbye. We got to say goodbye for this episode. Uh, so I'll let you guys say whatever you want to get out. But it's time to say goodbye to nerd school. The bell has rung. Ding a ling a ling. Nerd school is <laughs> out. School's Excuse out. Me, I got to go catch the bus. Uh, <laughs> uh, I will talk to you guys later. Um, yeah, not definitely back. AKA Art Star. AKA. Tom Cruise, number one fan. <laughs> <laughs> Cruise sucks. Oh, Lord. All right. I'll see you guys next time in class. TBJ, a.k.a. not a Tom Cruise fan. <laughs> Excelsior! Nerds roll. Excelsior. Oh, my glasses hey. are broken. My pocket is protected. Excelsior. I'm a super nerd. Excelsior. I am a super nerd. The Nerd School Podcast.